such a joy to be back to, uh, to this church, Pastor, and uh, see everybody. Great dinner. I think we, are, we had great food. Thank the Lord. Well, uh, just before I start, I would like you to open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. But <clears throat> this is the first uh, service, as I understand, of a mission uh, conference. And what is a mission conference? Why do we have to have a mission conference? This is the time when we stop thinking of Jerusalem and begin to think of the uttermost part of the earth. You know, for a short period of time, our minds cross the oceans into the uttermost part of the earth. During this period, we review our relationship uh, to the Great Commission and see how we are doing and also what can we do to improve uh, or be better. Uh, This is what vision is all about. Actually, tonight I was hoping uh, to be able to show a a DVD on my trip to Mosul. I just came back from Iraq. I just came from Iraq to to, uh, Ireland. But unfortunately, that video did not uh, open up. So I'm going to replace it with another video about our ministry. And then I will come and continue uh, my, uh, you know, what I'm going to talk about. Well, you know, as you noticed uh, uh, in my introduction, I basically defined what vision is. Uh, Bible says in uh, 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 Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, what is a vision? A vision is to see beyond your immediate uh, locality. You know, Pastor O'Gorman said tonight that 30 years ago, things were slow. But now as we look, we see a lot of uh, blessings. Well, if our pastor were to get discouraged 30 years ago, none of this would be here today. Uh, so a vision is, is to see beyond uh, in your immediate locality. And a visionary is a person who has an insight who can see the future. Now, I, I like to share with you a few examples. One of them is uh, Steve Jobs. You know, Steve Jobs is the co-founder of Apple Computers. He wrote before he passed away, he said, a lot of companies have chosen uh, to downsize And maybe that was the right thing for them uh, to do. We chose a different path. Our belief was that if we kept putting a great product in front of our customers, they would continue to open their wallets. Now, this man was a visionary because he, he, he wrote this and he did this when the United States was going through maybe the worst recession where companies were trying to cut the expenses, they increased their expenses, and they continued to be successful. Another missionary, another uh, visionary is Henry Ford. Remember Henry Ford invented the, the, the car, and at the beginning, the cars moved slowly, and there was an opposition to this man, and people were saying, why do we need cars when we have horses and buggies? The answer was speed. You know, horses cannot uh, run faster than the car, and they do get tired. Well, well, you know, so by not being discouraged today, we can drive a car hundreds of miles, and we have a very efficient way of transportation. All inventors are visionaries. So a vision what keep businesses going. Uh, my son called me the other day. He said, Dad, uh, I'm, go- I am ho- I'm heading to uh, ho- uh, Orlando, Florida. 
And I asked him, what, what are you up to there? He said, well, the managers from all our hotels, and my son is a vice president of a, a, a hospitality company in America. He said, all the uh, managers come and they assemble once every year. And he said, what he, they do during the, this assembly, during this meeting, is that they review past performances, discuss present status of the company, then design plans for the future. In other words, learn from the past, okay, look at the present, and see how they can do better in the future. And what the Bible is saying here is that without a vision, the nation will perish. So we need to understand that we need to have a vision, and that's why every year we have a, a, a Bible a mission conference. The objective of the conference is not just to get together and enjoy a meal. We can do it anytime. But the idea of put, coming together so that we can look at the mission field and see how we can do better and what's going on there, hear reports from missionaries that we support and how we can invest better in the lives of the people living over there. You know, the word vision comes from the eyes. And it's interesting that there are four kinds of visions uh, uh, that we can think about. Number one, we have the nearsighted. You know, when we look at visions, we have the nearsighted people. Number two, we have farsighted people. And number three, we have people who cannot see far or close. We call them astigmatism or myope. And then you have the correct vision. So we have four different kind of visions that people have. And tonight I'm going to look at those four different visions and, and uh, see how the, we can apply them on the churches. Now, first of all, let's look at the near-sighted uh, churches. Now, the near-sighted churches cannot see beyond the church border. They define missions as reaching their community or as a group of young people within the church going on, on a mission a trip. Usually, uh, nearsighted uh, churches, uh, they, their, their preaching is shallow. Usually, they are, it is, their preaching is centered around the problems that, uh, that, that the church has or the activities of the church. You know, why did Jesus say in the, in the old uh, early church time, he said, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. Why did Jesus say that? Because if you live in the Middle East, you realize that the roads are narrow and the shoe lace were very thin and there are sharp objects on the road. So when people walk uh, on, the, on the narrow roads, usually you have to look down so that you don't step on a sharp object and hurt yourself. But by doing that, People miss the, the, the view of the whole field. And Jesus said, lift up your eyes and look at the field. Now, even though Jeremiah was a prophet, uh, Isaiah was a prophet of God, Isaiah really was, at the beginning of his life, he was short-sighted. He was very proud of being a friend of the king. But the Bible says that Isaiah began to see farther away and develop a vision when after the death of King Uzziah. In Isaiah 6.1, Bible says that in the, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up. It's interesting that the king was a, a, a stumbling block between Isaiah 
and, and his vision. And the moment that, that stumbling block or, uh, uh, was lifted, Isaiah could see the Lord. Now he, he saw the Lord, and then when he saw the Lord, he was able to see his problem and the problems of his people. The, in, in Isaiah 6, 5, the Bible says, Then said I, Woe is, is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. Now he was able uh, to see himself. You know, short-sighted churches cannot see the full gospel. They don't understand, don't have a full understanding of the great commission. You see, before the death of Uzziah, uh, uh, Isaiah was very satisfied with his position, preaching against sin and the sins of Israel, uh, warning uh, of the coming judgment. He was very happy. But after Isaiah met the Lord, his vision completely changed. And with the change of his vision, also his message changed. At that moment, he saw his own sin. He saw the sins of the people and the need for repentance. And after he saw all that, God was able to communicate uh, with Isaiah. And we hear the Lord say to Isaiah, whom shall I send and who will go for us? You see, we need to look, uh, lift up our eyes and look at the field. Because if we, a, a short-sighted church cannot go beyond the walls of, the, of their uh, building. You know, after meeting the Lord and after his vision changed, Isaiah be, uh, became, ha, we, we read some of the greatest prophecies regarding the Lord Jesus in the book of Isaiah. And, and you know, many Bible scholars believe that I, the book of Isaiah is the gospel of the Old Testament. So number one, when we, when we look at visions, vision, we, we see a short-sighted, uh, some churches are short-sighted. But there is another kind of vision, and that is the far-sighted. Now, there are churches who are far-sighted, but they are not uh, near-sighted. What is a far-sighted church? A far-sighted church is a church that can see the field, the foreign, the mission field, but they cannot see their Jerusalem. You see, Jesus said, "Ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, and the uttermost uh, part of the earth. But the far-sighted church can see the uttermost part of the earth, but they don't, cannot see their own uh, Jerusalem. The church is identified with the mission field. Now, I don't know if you have been to one of those churches, but I have been to several of those churches where all the resources of the church is uh, dedicated to the mission field, but the church itself is neglected, and uh, the church has no soul winning or personal evangelism. You see, it's good to think of the mission field, but people in Jerusalem also are dying and going to hell, and they need to hear the gospel. So, you know, the Bible says without a vision, the, the nation will die, will, will perish. And as a church, we need to understand that we need to have a vision. And the question as we open this mission conference is, what kind of vision we, we should have? So, number one, the short-sighted church cannot see beyond the walls of its building. The far-sighted church see the mission field, the uttermost part of the earth, but they fail to minister to their own Jerusalem. 
But there is a third kind of church that it's interesting to look at, and that is the church that has myop or astigmatism. Usually, the person who has astigmatism is that you call it astigmatism in Ireland, brother. His vision is impaired. Usually, his vision is impaired. He can see neither far nor close. And there are usually these are traditional churches that they cannot see, they cannot see neither the mission field, they don't see their own uh, Jerusalem. A few years ago, I was preaching in a church, and at the end of the service, the deacon looked at the pastor and said, Pastor, we need to support uh, Brother Figali. Well, the pastor looked at the deacon, he said, uh, uh, so my, he called him by name, he said, maybe we should talk about it later. Well, at dinner, the pastor invited me and my wife to eat dinner, and at the dinner, he looked at me and said, Brother uh, Figali, I, I, dis- I cannot support you. And I asked him, why not? He said, because I don't have a vision. He said, I cannot support you because I don't have a vision. You know, I was stunned because he was the only man ever that tell- told me I don't have a vision. Well, uh, uh, needless to say that this minister was living in sin, and shortly after I left, he, they, they, he had to resign the, the ministry. Jesus said, blessed are your eyes because it can see. You see, it is so, it's so sad when a church has myop, cannot see far or close. The Bible says in the, the king of Syria one day called his generals. And after they assembled, he said, one of you is a spy. Well, the general said, uh, why are you saying that? He said, because every time I make a move, the king of Israel know about it. So one of you must be a spy. Well, his, the leaders of his army said, no, your majesty, we are, none of us is a spying. But there is a prophet in Israel, and every time you make a move, he warned the king of Israel. Well, the king uh, uh, said, okay, let's go and arrest that, uh, that prophet. And what he did, the armies surrounded the town where Elisha was. And the Bible says early in the morning, when the servant of Elisha got up and looked outside, he noticed that the army, were, the, the Syrian army, were surrounding uh, that town. He got scared, ran into the prophet, and he said, look what's happening. And Elisha Uh, uh, said to his servant, don't be afraid. He said, because they that be with us are more than they that be with the Syrian army or with them. And then the Bible says that Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, the servant, and he saw And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elijah. You see, the the servant was able to see the presence of the Lord and the power of God. But when could he see that? When God opened his eyes. Many times, many times churches cannot see the power of God. They don't understand it. Maybe because they don't need God. But you know, God is here. God is active in history, and God wants to bless us. So in a mission conference, our prayer, Lord, help us to have a vision. So there are those, there are churches who are short-sighted, nearsighted. 
There are churches who are far-sighted. They see the mission field, but they fail to reach their Jerusalem. Then there are churches who cannot see far or near. They are basically more, they are in, in, involved with their traditions and uh, their people. But also the fourth kind of vision is the correct vision, the correct vision. The good part of the, of the story about vision is that if you are nearsighted or farsighted, even if you have astigmatism, there is a way you can correct your vision. You go to an optometrist and check your eyes and he will prescribe a, a, an eyeglasses and this way you will see better. It's interesting that the Lord Jesus spoke to the church of Laodicea. You see, the church of Laodicea was a kind of church that had no vision. And the Lord said, And anoint thine eyes with thyself that thou may see. You see, the Holy Spirit will open our eyes and give us correct visions. And the church of Laodicea was blind, and they needed the eyesalve uh, to see. You know, the psalmist prayed a very interesting prayer when it comes to vision. He said, Lord, open mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Many times we miss the glory of God. We miss the power of God in our lives because sometimes we, we cannot see, we cannot see or feel the power of God. When God open our eyes, we will be able to see our community and also we will be able to see the world. When God open our eyes, we will be able to develop a balanced burden for in the ministry. Covenant theology people say the harvest is white. Those God wants will be saved. So we don't need to do anything and we don't need to do anything. Well, God says, how can they hear without a preacher? Somebody has to go and reach them with, with the word of God. As Christians, as children of God, in uh, opening a mission conference, we need to remember God gave us ears so that we can hear. God gave us eyes to see. God gave us, gave us mouth to speak. And God gave us his word. And what is a vision? A vision is to take what God has given us and use it to carry the good news to desperate people. In the book of Acts chapter 16, Paul was, was on a crossroad. And the choice was, do I go to Asia or do I go uh, somewhere else? And the Bible says that Paul that night saw a vision. He saw a, a, a Macedonian man in the vision saying to him, come over to Macedonia and help us. You see, Paul had a choice, either to go to Macedonia or go to Asia. But Paul chose to obey the Lord. And by going to Macedonia, he, the, the door to Europe was opened. You see, Macedonia and Philippi were the doors to Europe. And if Paul were not to go there, today you and I, who are living in Europe, may not be Christians. <coughs> so the Lord opened the door. And we need to follow the Lord and ask the Lord, Lord, give me the power. Help me to see. Uh, in my conclusion, I would, Jesus uh, performed in the book of Mark chapter 8 a very unusual miracle. Now, the Bible says that Jesus took a blind man out of town and spit in, on his eyes and put his hand upon him. And he asked him if he saw anything. 
Now it's interesting that the man said, look at Jesus, said, I see men walk, uh, men as trees walking. Well, when Jesus put his eyes on that man and his eyes were open, what did he see? He did, he saw people like, like trees. And many times we, the children of God, don't see the real people. We don't see the need. We cannot hear their cries. We see them like trees, not, not important. But then after that, Jesus put his hands again upon the eyes of this man, and he was restored and saw everything clearly. And he, after he saw everything clearly, he said, now I can see clearly, Lord. It's interesting that after this man began to see everything clearly, the Bible says, and Jesus sent him away to his home. And you know, today, as we think of missions, you know, what kind of vision do you have? Do you, can you see the, 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 can you see the people, do you see them as trees or do you see them as a human being? Do you look at them and with compassion or do you look at them with anger and wish God will kill them? I had a, a Filipino pastor and he, he stood up and gave his testimony. He said, in the past, I used to pray and say, Lord, kill all the Muslims. He said, now I don't pray that prayer any longer and say, Lord, I pray that these Muslims will come to Christ. You know, you can, ha- you can be short-sighted and only see your Jerusalem. You can be far-sighted and all you care about is the uttermost part of the earth. Or perhaps you cannot see anything. But in these three cases, you don't need to stay there. God can answer your prayer and God can give you the right prescription so that you can see the people not as trees, but you can see them as a human being. They are dying and going to hell. And you know the truth. You and I know the truth. And if we don't reach them, they will die and go to hell. You know, Isaiah had a problem with his vision. Until the, the obstacle went away, the king died. At that moment, he saw God. And you know, God didn't speak to Isaiah until Isaiah began to see. And the first thing Isaiah saw, he saw the sins, his sins, number one. He saw his sins and the sins of his people. And after he saw that, we hear God speaking to Isaiah and saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us. Tonight God is saying the same thing to you, to us tonight. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Would you say, here am I, send me? Will you say that? Let's bow our heads to pray. I am very grateful that the Lord enabled us to meet tonight. And we had wonderful dinner, great uh, uh, fellowship. And this is a New Testament Baptist church, by the way. You know, when I think of the church uh, in the New Testament, I think of a church like this one here, where you have people from all over the world assembling to worship our Lord. But as we assemble, we need to pray and say, Lord, help me to have the right vision. Lord, help me to be able to serve you. Lord, Help me to develop a burden for my city and the world. Lord, help me to lift up my eyes and see the field. Lord, help me to pray for the unsaved. And Lord, help me to develop a heart for the people. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the privilege you gave me tonight to talk about this subject. Father, thank you 
Because you can heal any problem. You can answer any prayer. And Father, help us to have the right vision. Help us to have a balanced ministry. Thank you for this wonderful church. What a testimony Pastor O'Gorman gave tonight. He didn't give up 30 years ago. And so many people will come out and reach the world with the gospel. Father, together, together, we can reach our Jerusalem and the world for Christ. Be with us, Lord, tonight and help us to continue not to give up, not to be discouraged, but to look at the world the way you see them. And Lord, we carry the gospel so that, and reach them so that these people will have hope and, and get saved and go to heaven. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.